0: Welcome to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by the law firm of Deeson, Garner, and Hanson, hosted by attorneys Sean Garner and Adam Hanson.
1: Welcome to another edition of Life, Death, and the Law. I'm attorney Adam Hanson. I'm with my good partner, Sean Garner, and uh, we've got Cody Beeson as well with us in our studio, and um, we wanted to first touch upon what we kind of... Found comical. It's we're probably horrible people for saying that, but uh, this last week, last Tuesday, Sean came across a news clip of some environmental protesters. And stick with me here, okay? Stick with me. Hmm. (laughs) Maybe you think this is funny. Maybe you don't. I, th- I thought it was, personally, I thought it was comical as I watched this play out, but uh, have you ever heard of Burning Man Festival? This is, you know, this is epic. This is like Coachella. This is like, you know, it's up there. You, yeah. Uh, Sundance Festival. You, you've never heard of this? You oh, never I, heard yeah, of yeah, yeah. Burning it's, it's, Man? It's in Nevada. Okay, so I'm being sarcastic. Nobody's heard of Burning Man except for Cody, right. and uh, sure. he brought this up. Every year, Burning Man Festival takes place in northern Nevada, specifically Black Rock Desert. So I'm going to go to the source, okay? This is Wikipedia, so it's true. Burning Man is an event focused on community, art, self-expression, and self-reliance held annually in the western United States, specifically in Black Rock Desert of Nevada. The name of the event comes from its culminating ceremony, the symbolic burning of a large wooden effigy I'm sorry, I'm losing it already. <laughs> I know,
2: it's it's ridiculous.
1: Referred to as
3: the man. I'm in. I hate the man. Oh, oh is that where that scene came from? The man? I don't know. Stand up to the man? In no. what? Probably just a...
1: Are you referring to School of Rock? I don't know. Jack Black? Anyway, we digress. Referred to as the man. Hey, man, I'm with you already. I'm in. Had I known about this, I probably would have been there. Because I, I, the man we got to take him down that occurs on the penultimate night of burning man is when they light this thing on fire it's a tower that uh, represents the man and society and they light it up okay so that's the context of what we're talking about that was last week last tuesday there was an event where or i should say a situation where some environmentalists decided that they would block the only highway in and out of the journey to this burning man festival and if you look at the news clip or the the video footage that that was taken of this uh, this protest you can see cars just lined up for miles and miles because they couldn't they couldn't transgress this particular barricade that the environmentalists put put up and so sean you brought this up why was this a big deal to you
3: well, because I've been seeing a lot in England the just Stop Oil or Stop Oil Now or whatever movement it is, they they've been putting blockades in front of major roadways for a long time and it's been causing a lot of disruption in the United Kingdom. And the police there don't really do anything about it. And it's, it's very discouraging to even watch online because the traffic is backed up for hours. People can't get to work. People miss families' funerals. They miss, you know, we've got pregnant women that are trying to get to the hospital and it's just stopping everybody in their tracks. And the protesters premise for this is, well, you're not stopping burning oil. And so you're killing all the rest of us. So we're doing the lesser of two evils. We're stopping you from progressing in in your path forward because you're refusing to align with our religious cult and in worshiping climatism And that to me, and that's exactly what it is, is they have this sense of what is right and wrong with how we should approach the earth and the climate in general. And uh, so then they take this approach that infringes upon everybody else's freedom to help them understand their reality, their truth, what they perceive to be the best interest of humanity. And uh, it's, it's really disturbing. I thought, well, it's only going to be a matter of time before that happens in the United States. And then yesterday it did happen. Happened in Nevada in the middle of the desert. These cars are lined up for several miles. And uh, it's just because a couple of hippies pulled their trailer across the road and said, you know, we're protesters for the climate and you guys don't get to go anywhere for it. We don't care if you run out of gas and your car overheats and your child suffers from heat stroke. Nah, not our problem. We're going to protest for the climate and for environmentalism and to stop capitalism. And in the end, what happens is the police show up and they take down these protesters and and they they do it in very aggressive fashion, which I personally like. I, I don't like state and police intervention when it isn't necessary. But when you've got thousands of people being impeded by a couple, there's four in this case, because of their personal beliefs about the climate, then you need to get the state in here right away and say, listen, you're, you go believe whatever you want, but you can't impose those beliefs on the rest of us. Get out of our way right now. And uh, the pickup truck, you can look this up on YouTube. It's, it's great. Let me see the... Do you, do you have the... What is the phrase that you gotta look up on YouTube to find that? Uh, just look for police plow through... Climate protesters. Yeah, police plowed through um, climate protesters. So, um, yeah, they, they literally plowed right through it. And this woman who has chained herself to the trailer and some of these metal components coming off of the trailer starts screaming at her, you're, you're imperiling our lives. It's like, well, didn't you think that when you change yourself to a metal trailer in the middle of the highway out in the desert, you imperiled your own life and the lives of all those who need to get by? So I am all for the police in this one. And uh, they take down this lady. And um, play that sound clip, the, the reaction to how he, when he's removing her out of the road. Not Sounds not like a cop. Get
1: the yeah. We
4: have no weapons
1: at all. We have no weapons we're at fire all. Fire <laughs> we're environmental protesters. We can do anything we want. How dare you? A clever little twist on this story. It actually wasn't a state policeman. This is a tribal police. It was, oh, I thought it was BLM. No, it was no so it's Pyramid Lake Paiute Tribe Reservation uh, Ranger. This was, these were the individuals that came out to deal with this. And on the res, you got different rules. And so here's another story to add to this. This was from ABC News. It says, a tribal ranger draws weapon on climate activists blocking road to Burning Man conduct under review. The actions of a ranger for the Pyramid Lake Paiute Tribe Reservation in northwestern Nevada are under review after he pointed a weapon Sunday at climate activists blocking the road to the annual Burning Man counterculture festival in the desert. So let's see how this plays out. That guy's under review, the the man that you just heard yelling, Get yeah. on the ground, get on the ground. I disagree with the way that he handled that well, I mean, I'm okay with plowing through that stuff. That I think is okay. Clear the clear the mess. Um my first thought was, Well, who's gonna pay for the truck damage? Well, apparently the Paiute tribe is gonna do that, so you know that's not the end of the world, but I'm thinking if that were tax money, I'm like, uh, you know, you just ruined an F one fifty, but at the same time I'm okay with that I, I thought pulling a gun on these individuals that don't have are, are not armed and they're clearly saying they're not armed I think that's a little much I think that's well, excessive put the, force he
3: put the gun away right away I mean his, his gun was out for probably less than 10 seconds
2: yeah but when you're under arrest that's what you do Yeah, I
1: I would have preferred a taser, like I said uh, earlier on. I think using a taser, that way you can go all the way through with it. A gun, you can't really just pull it out and shoot somebody. Uh, You can, but that's going to be really scrutinized. But you can pull out a taser.
3: The problem I have is playing Monday morning quarterback, right? It's hard because these people are interrupting the flow of traffic for thousands of people in the middle of the desert. And if something happens to your vehicle, you run out of gas or anything, oh, yeah. your life is in peril. And when you're taking somebody under arrest, you generally pull out your gun if there's any um, hint of resistance of arrest, especially if they have like a felony on their record. Or if, if, if you're going to proceed with a felony arrest, I think that's common procedure. Now, I haven't gone through the police academy, but people get very, very um, violent very quickly when they're about to be detained or arrested. And so to show absolute force that this is going to happen, you are going to move out of the way, and there's not going to be any fight about it, we're going to move forward with this, I think that was appropriate. It, they, they were preserving the rights of thousands of people and clearing these guys out of the road. Who knows that somebody else doesn't run up from behind and jump on him. but he's got a gun out, he means business. They've got to second-think that, that approach.
1: Okay, yeah, I can see that point of view. I think I... I um... I would say that I would like to see lesser force in that particular situation um, with a taser. I mean, so, or whatever that might be. But where you do like crowd dispersing, that's that's what I, my first inclination is to see some sort of cloud dispersing weapon. Oh, like mace or pepper spray or something? Uh, I was thinking beanbags or something like that. Oh something fun. <laughs> yeah. You just want to see hippies get hurt. Yeah, but, I don't want to see them get hurt. But, but think about this. I want to see... Just dispersement happen.
3: right? Okay. So if they have, or so some, some sort of gas, I don't know every type of opportunity available and it's not in the middle of the desert and they can have all the time to think about the scenario, then maybe there's some different outcomes. But here's my thing. We don't want to encourage this type of behavior. And if somebody can assemble in the street and stop the flow of traffic or infringe upon your rights in any way, and it becomes acceptable. And the the worst that they're going to face is a police officer kindly stepping up to them and saying, hey, please move. And if they don't, then you get pelted with a peen bag. And if you don't, then you get a taser. And it it has to escalate incrementally like that. Then people are like, well, you know, why don't we do a protest? Hey, you guys want to do a protest for fundraising my whatever event? Let's do protest for that. And... um, There's no consequence to it. I like the idea that you impede upon the rights of thousands of people, you put their lives in peril, there's going to be some massive consequences right off the bat.
1: Okay. I get that argument. We've got to go to a break. We'll be right back after this. Life, death, and the law.
0: Coming up, more thought-provoking conversations on life, death, and the law right after this.
4: Hey, Yuma. Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner & Hanson has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com
0: you're listening to life death and the law presented by decent garner and hansen the law firm that has been voted yuma's best six years in a row
1: Welcome back to Life, Death, and Law. I'm attorney Adam Hansen, and I'm with uh, my partner, Sean Garner. And we've got Cody Beeson as well on the on the uh, technological things, pushing buttons and turning dials. Um, the last segment, we talked about this event that happened last week. If you haven't heard about this, and you must be living under a rock, but it's called Burning Man Festival. It's in the north of Nevada. And if you hate the man, this is where you need to be every year. On uh, in the last the middle part of August. I mean if you're not there, then you really are just Subjective to the man.
2: This is where Silicon Valley is right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah
2: <laughs> Tech billionaires CEOs all like they've descended to go party in the desert
1: in the last segment we talked about uh, Sean and I had a little bit of a difference an opinion regarding the use of force from this uh, ranger that drove his F-150 through this barricade of the highway. I, I can see Sean's point. I would have liked to see a little bit less force, but uh, Sean has a great point that you can't, you can't just let people think that it's okay to put other people's lives in peril by doing some random protest in the middle of the hot desert in Nevada and think that that's going to be okay. And, and or anywhere. It, Or anywhere. And you brought up the point, Sean, uh, during the break that uh, what if this happened on 4th Avenue? You know, you have this trailer that's impeding, or you you build this barricade and then you chain yourself to it with razor wire, knowing that if the police come in and try and disband you, you're probably going to get cut up. They're going to hurt you. And now they're going to be liable or that's the hope, you know? So my question is, well, what's the alternative? I mean, if I am an environmentalist and I truly, truly believe in what they're trying to the activist for what is my what is my remedy what what do i do to stick up to the man
3: you talk about your points you go on social media you try to use reason with other people and if people understand your points and agree with you then they follow your movement and if they don't guess what that's what freedom is the ability to choose what we believe i'm a christian right and i would love it if everybody would accept jesus christ as their savior repent and and apply the atonement to their life. But I'm not going to go out on Fourth Avenue until people start doing that. That's not what I do. I go to church, and I preach my religion, and I invite people to come and attend. And if they accept that religion, then great. I think we can all agree that the Crusades were wrong. That going back to Jerusalem and you know taking the Muslims by violent force and, and subjecting them to Christianity was wrong. That's the same thing that's happening here. This is a religious cult. They're worshiping the climate. They believe that everybody should follow their concept of what is right and wrong. It says in, in this story here that what they wanted to do was they wanted people to comply. They wanted a general consensus to their very reasonable list of demands, which included banning private jets, uh, banning the single-use plastics, also unnecessary propane burning what is unnecessary, I don't know, and uh, banning unlimited generator use. So <laughs> as long as everybody believed and, and agreed to that, then they would peaceably disassemble and allow traffic to flow. I don't think, what do you think? Is that a reasonable thing to do? Is that how you carry on your freedom of speech and, and uh, propel your message forward? I think, um, I mean, who, how many people
1: would have to agree to that for them to not do what they did?
3: Right. If if every car like signed this uh, agreement that they would not fly in a private jet anymore, they would not unnecessarily cross your heart. Propane, yeah. Like, what what were they really? More
1: funny.
2: Well, and the thing is, you have RVs stacked up on the highway burning. I mean, an RV is already getting what four miles to the gallon. Yeah. You know, so you're having idle there for
3: hours on end. Like, are you really accomplishing your goals? Here's the here's the thing that that gets me the worst is the hypocrisy of it all because. A lot of times they they're fighting against more traditional religions like Christianity, and uh, they 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 say, "Well, this is basically um, patriarchal. It's it's not right." Isn't that the argument against pa- Christianity? You're smelling at that.
1: No, I, when you use that word, it just made me think of the Barbie movie. That's all.
3: Oh, okay. Well, and that's exactly it. One of the greatest films of our time. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of these movements coming out saying, uh, you know, this is a patriarchal society and it's perpetuated by the religion of Christianity. And so um, they're they're going against this and they don't like that, yet they're imposing their religious beliefs on, on everybody else. And I don't understand the hypocrisy is so great here because people that hold themselves out to be Christians, they tend to try to be honest in their dealings and follow the example of Jesus Christ and that they they do so by being virtuous and honest and and peaceful and so when somebody goes out and says well we're going to go do this in the name of Christ and and does something violent violent or dishonest then you say well that's hypocritical well when these people are protesting against the use of fossil fuels and any more oil being drilled, how did they get there in the first place? They got there by a car. They got there by a train. They got there by a plane. They got there by some means propelled by fossil fuels. Not all these guys that are going to these protests are biking there, right? And even if they did get there, that bike was made by some type of mechanism that was fueled by fossil fuels. They're wearing T-shirts that are generated through the byproducts of petroleum use, and everything that they do, the signs that they're holding up, the markers that they're using to write on the signs, have everything to do with petroleum. And they're saying, stop stop oil now. Well, okay, fine. If you stop using everything that has to do with oil, and then protest that, or tell us to follow your example because you're so happy now with all, out all these modern conveniences, then great. But guess what? They would be dying off in droves because that's what happened 150 years ago when we didn't have energy and the byproducts of fossil fuels. We were, most people would die from climate exposure or from exposure to animals and, and the environment around us Because we were unable to control it. The use of energy, particularly fossil fuels, allowed us to become wealthy and allowed us to provide the products to control right around us, our clothing and our house and and our environment so we could survive. The death rate from the environment is 98% less now than it was 120 years ago. 98% less that statistic is science. If people want to go with, you got to follow the science as far as climate change, well, let's follow the science. People are dying much, much less now due to climate because of the improvements we've made due to oil than they are or were 120 years ago. So that's real science. The science that we may die and famines may occur and wars may be incited because of the continuing warming of the earth. None of those actual predictions have played out and they may never play out. But what we do know is we're a lot healthier and happier today than we were without those products.
1: I think the biggest travesty about this whole thing is what Cody has brought up, which is what the vandalizing of private jets. Oh, that just, it cuts me to the core.
2: So no, there, there's like this this movement happening across the world right now where these I can I call them hippies or sure. whatever they're they're going onto uh, runways where private planes are parked and throwing paint on them, uh, really just messing up yachts and planes and golf courses. And Burning Man was just a part of that.
1: Uh, yeah, and I had no idea you brought up this story in Barcelona where some protesters went out onto the tarmac and then they they're not just throwing the paint on the airplanes; they're throwing it into those engines, which are that, I mean, that obviously there goes that airplane. It's very, very expensive to uh, remedy.
2: Yeah. So someone's going to have to file an insurance claim.
1: Yeah. And, uh, but a lot of these people, you know, me being in the aviation industry, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but uh, I'm basically a pilot. But uh, yeah, I mean, these things are their babies. And any one little thing it's crazy to think about, but any one little thing exteriorly to that airplane could be detrimental to its flight. And so before you even get in the airplane, you have to go through an extensive checklist to check every little rivet. You have to check every little bolt. So paint in the engine is, it's, uh, one of those things that just puts out a a jet engine. You're not going to be able to recover from that. You're going to have to do a lot of repairs. And that hurts my heart because, uh, so my experience in the airplane.
2: So what do you do when you break somebody's airplane? All right. Well, they're just going to order another airplane. Yeah. You know, they're just, they're,
3: go- they're still going to get home. Right. Yeah. You know? Oh,
1: you're saying, you're saying, okay, you're just going to find another means.
3: Yeah. Well, and not only, yeah, they, they're creating the need for more production of more of the thing that they just destroyed, which they don't want us to use anymore.
1: Which goes to your point. That's what you exactly were saying. They're, they're incredibly hypocritical.
3: It's, it's, yeah. And, and well, not only that, but they don't live by the, what they're preaching. Yeah. None of these people are actually living without the the modern conveniences provided by fossil fuels. If any of them were, then they would have a stronger position to stand on. And I and I think that that's the most they can do is try to influence people by their example and by their words, but not by violently. And I think it is violent to block a road because you don't know what can happen. You can cause Car accidents. You can cause people that need to get to an emergency to be delayed, and therefore they have health complications or even death. A whole lot of things can happen, and even if that didn't happen, it's it's their freedom that you're impeding, and we believe in the freedom of everybody in this country to move about as they see fit. If I go and grab somebody and lock them in a room and impede their freedom that's one of the greatest crimes there is it's it's right up there with murder kidnapping and that's essentially what you're doing is you are kidnapping me because now i'm blocked in this small confined space on the road it's not like i can get out and just automatically transport myself home or wherever i want to be you're essentially kidnapping a mass group of people to impose upon them your religious beliefs we've got to go to a break
1: but when we come back we're going to talk about the man some more We're going to talk about some gun issues that have been swirling about. So uh, we'll we'll be back right after this.
0: Coming up, more thought-provoking conversations on life, death, and the law right
4: after this. Hey, you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and i believe in that's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future you've got to call my friends sean garner and adam hansen at the law firm of Deason garner and hansen i encourage you to take the first step and attend a free no pressure seminar and learn all of your options the firm of Deason garner and hansen has been educating the yuma community for over 40 years and this is the only area of law that they practice Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com.
0: You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's
3: best six years in a row. Welcome back. This is Life, Death, and the Law. We're going to talk about now the Second Amendment and how important it is and what it's really all about because there's a lot of spin on the Second Amendment every time there's a mass shooting and nobody wants to see another mass shooting. Nobody wants to see another... Um, high school shooting, or especially one in an elementary school. And I'm right up there with that. But there was a reason that the Second Amendment was put in place. And there is a way to adjust it if we find that necessary. But first of all, let's talk about the reason so then we can understand whether or not these gun control laws that are being put in place are actually constitutional, and the reason that the Second Amendment was put in place in the first place, it no longer exists. So, to do that, I'm going to quote, actually, from constitutions of other countries, and uh, I've got it right here. Let me give this quote. It says, No authority has the right to infringe upon political independence or the right to abrogate individual freedoms on a general level. That is... In the Constitution, that's not our Constitution. That's the Constitution of Iran.
2: Hmm.
3: Here's another quote, and they they've got a uh, hundred and seventy-seven articles. We don't. We have the the Bill of Rights with ten amendments. Um, but those hundred seventy-seven articles, I, I I don't think anybody would argue more people are free in Iran than they are here because of those articles that guarantee their rights. Um, But here's another one. Let's read this. The unlawful detention or deprivation of freedom is prohibited. The unlawful search of a person or a citizen is prohibited. Now, that comes from the Constitution of China, the People's Republic of China. Now, if you saw on the news, people being herded up, being arrested, being searched... And being deprived of those rights, you wouldn't be surprised. People in China don't have more freedoms and rights here, even though it is also written in their constitution. Because you know what's not in their constitution? The right to bear arms. The right to bear arms is what gives teeth to every other right. I personally believe that the Ten Amendments were written in order priority. Our right to worship freely. Our, our right to assemble our right to a freedom of speech. All of those, they consist, they're, they're, they're three pegs of a stool that one without the other could not stand. You can't worship freely if you can't speak freely. You can't worship freely if you can't assemble. All of those things are necessary for one another. And you can put those rights on paper and hold them out to somebody, and, and that's all good and fine, but they have no actual teeth or ability to stand on their own, what you need is the individual's ability to defend those rights. So the very next amendment is the right to bear arms, the second amendment. And it comes in that order because it's that important. So what is the second amendment? It's the right to defend against the government from impeding upon our freedoms. That's what the Second Amendment is. It isn't the right to own a gun to go, sh- to go hunting. It's not the right to own a gun to participate in sport, sport shooting, like skeet shooting. And it, it gets diluted to those type of arguments so often because they're trying to perpetuate arguments like, well, you shouldn't have max capacity clips with more than, I don't know, 28 shell capacity. Or something to that effect. And my argument is, okay, has the government lost its natural um, inclination to deprive the citizenry of its rights? Is the government no longer a threat to our rights? If so, then we don't need the Second Amendment anymore. We don't need to be able to be armed to stand up for our rights. Um, But as long as the government is a threat to our rights then we need to be able to protect those rights, and the only way we can protect them is with guns. They knew that back in 1776. It's as true today as it was back then. And if it's not, if you disagree with me, which you're perfectly fine and able to do, then let's change the law through the amendment process. Let's go about the country and convince people that the government is no longer a threat to our freedom. It's no longer a threat to our speech, to our right to assemble, to our right to worship, that they don't have lockdowns that are draconian like they did back in the 1770s. And they're not gonna they're not gonna impede people from going to church when they want to and, and peaceably assembling. And if if we think that's correct, then we're going to amend the Second Amendment. Also I think whatever gun law applies to the citizenship should apply to the police, because if they don't believe that the individuals should have guns because they're too dangerous, why are we less dangerous than the government? Do you automatically become a pious, infallible person because you become a police officer or you become an elected politician? Is Joe Biden going to give up his Secret Service that is guarding him with guns? Snipers that are sitting on roofs, no, and the reason why is because he knows that there's a threat out there. so if the if the gun laws applied equally to everybody, to the police and the citizenship, if people were so convinced that guns were so bad that they caused far more harm than good that we need to get rid of them altogether, then apply it equally to the government and the people. If you do that, what you're going to have is mass chaos. Can you imagine if that happened? If we disarmed the police, we already defunded the police and we saw what happened there. We just take a look at San Francisco, take a look at LA, what's happening when you defund the police, you disarm the police, you give them no ability to actually enforce the law and you are going to have absolute anarchy. And you, you, you want to see what a bad life or a short life is That. That will happen very quickly. The same people that are advocating for a bill that funded $40 billion to arm 80,000 IRS agents are saying we need to ban guns for the public. We need to give guns to the IRS agents to collect taxes, and we need to take them away from the citizenship. That is so backwards. That is exactly what the Constitution was drafted to protect against. We wanted to make sure, if nothing else, the people had guns so that the government couldn't impede upon their rights. And so if you say, well, the high-capacity clips, they're not necessary for, to, impede, to protect your rights, fine. If the, if the police don't have those and nobody else has those, then I guess we can agree to amend the Second Amendment. But that's how you do it. You don't do it by a law because it's not just a simple law, not by a state statute or a federal statute. You've got to amend the Constitution. The, we all agree that the Constitution is the highest law of the land. You've got you're asked that question when you're becoming a citizen of the United States. Now, so since so many of us don't have any clue about what our country was founded upon and, and what we're all about, we don't understand that, but the Constitution is the highest law of the land, and it says that we, the, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed, And uh, so you can't infringe it in any way unless you amend that. And if you amend it, it's got to apply equally across the board. And it's got to have some other guarantee that the government is not going to infringe upon our rights personally any longer, our right to assemble, our right to freedom of speech, and our right to a lot of other things. And remember, the Ten Amendments were just an outline of generically what our rights were. There was a hesitation to even pass a Bill of Rights because the people hold all the rights that were not specifically given to the government.
1: So amending the Constitution is incredibly hard, and that's why they don't do that. And, and so you know, that would require action by both the House and the Senate and the entire Congress in order to amend the, the Constitution. So, and the
3: ratification way, by three-quarters of the states. The yes. way
1: that this actually gets done in practice— not so much amending the Constitution, but enforcing laws about gun rights is through the ATF. ATF is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. That's, that's, they're commonly known as the ATF. What is this? Going back to Sean's point at the very beginning of our conversation was that this is an agency that was created by the executive branch, so it's an executive agency that is now promulgating laws regarding our rights as citizens to to hold arms, to bear arms, and enforcing those laws by finding and ultimately um, putting people in prison for many, many years if you violate these so-called laws because of this agency. We didn't vote for those laws. We didn't have any. We didn't have any ability to. Make our voice known
3: as to what these laws are regarding our rights and bearing arms. Yeah, so when we disagree with them, we can't actually vote out the representative that enacted that law because there was no elected representative enacting that law.
1: This month, or I'm sorry, now we're in September. Last month in August, the Biden administration had put forth new ATF rules that would make it illegal for firearm manufacturers of certain kits that were readily available up until this point. They're called 80% uh, kits, if you want to call them that, right? Cody, you're into this business. You do Pol- this all the time.
2: Polymer 80s, those kind of things, yeah.
1: Polymer 80s, so that's polymer. There's also, you can get them out of aluminum. Essentially, what you're doing is you're buying, uh, if you're not familiar with this type of thing, like let's, let's use an AR-15 as an example. The AR-15 gun is made up of many different pieces and parts. The only thing that's serialized on that A- AR-15 is the lower receiver, what that means is that the part, it's just the one little piece that the trigger fits into, and that piece has a certain number that's inscribed onto it by the manufacturer. Let's say it's Ruger. If Ruger's making this AR 15, they are required by law to put a specific serial number that they come up with that identifies that lower receiver, not the whole gun as a whole, but the lower receiver particularly, because that is the definition of firearm by the AT. Well, before this, it was just the lower receiver. Now the Biden administration has said, well, these 80% things, what is an 80% kit? I can go on, well, previous to this ruling or this, uh, this law by the Biden administration that they put forth through the ATF, you could go online and you could buy a lower receiver that wasn't all the way done. That's why we call them 80% lowers. So I could go on to a website, from some company, let's say it's in Texas, and by an 80% lower receiver of an AR-15. That, that, that I can't do anything with that. It's just a chunk of aluminum or a chunk of polymer. Like It's a paperweight. That's all. You can't actually do anything with it. It doesn't fire it. It's just one little piece of an entire... Gun. I'd have to now buy all the rest of those pieces and assemble this entire rifle, um, and that takes some doing. But itself, the lower receiver can't do anything without all these other components and pieces being put together. So an 80% means you've got this lower receiver of this particular firearm, and uh, it's not all the way done yet. The holes haven't been drilled out. There's no, you can't put a trigger in it because there's no hole for the trigger. So it's like 80% there. And when I get it, I buy it on the internet and it comes to my house. Now I have to go through the process of drilling out certain holes. I have to drill out a certain area for the trigger. So it, it takes some machining to actually do all this. Then I have a full on receiver that can receive other parts of the rifle and make a full gun but it takes a little bit of machinery to do that. So, up until this point, before the Biden administration, people were doing this all over the world. I mean, that's our history as Americans is building our own guns. And so, and you're allowed to. And you're totally allowed to. Why would you do that though? Well, not only is it fun. I mean, it's kind of like a grown-up Lego yeah. set, you know? It's kind of fun to make your own stuff. That that's number 1. Number 2 is it's not serialized. It's not required for that thing to be serialized because it's not under the definition of the ATF before the Biden administration, it was not considered a firearm because mm-hmm. it wasn't done yet. And so once you get that and you, you do all this work to actually make it ready to receive other parts of the firearm, you would have a full-on AR-15 if you went through this whole process without a serial number. So it's un- untraceable is what the, the government
3: would say. Now, that the argument is it's bad to have a gun that's untraceable because that's... You know, people are going to use that for crime. Well, here's the thing. The Second Amendment doesn't say anything about you have the right to bear arms as long as you register it with the federal government or the state government or any local entity or bureaucratic agency. You have the right to bear arms, period. The purpose is to defend your rights. Everybody has these rights. They're inalienable rights. But when somebody comes up to me and puts a roadblock in my way or wants to break into my house or do anything else, wants to impede my right to go to church, my only ability to make sure that I retain my rights is to say, I'll use force. I will keep my rights and I'll use force if necessary. And the serial number on that has nothing to do with my rights to speak as I want to, to assemble peaceably, to worship my God as I see fit.
1: And so this Biden administration rule through the ATF came into being or started in practice last month in August. And so obviously a lot of states jumped on and sued the federal government to stop the enforcement of of cracking down on what they say the government the biden administration has called these ghost guns that's what so you'll hear that all over the news ghost guns ghost guns and and it's, it's going to have a it negative sounds scary yeah right it, that, it's on purpose so that's another form of the government way of the government just it's propaganda to make it sound really scary but in reality is it scary i would much rather have a firearm that my government doesn't know about and in fact and and the people I don't even know if this? I should say this on air, but most individual most clients we deal with, Sean, they have firearms. Oh yeah, especially here in Arizona. Yeah, that's one of the. very And they first get very nervous about list. us asking about that. And I said, don't worry, it's not going anywhere. You don't have to list all these firearms well, I'm, out to I'm me.
3: List on, as far as what they want to give to the next generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And, but they do not want. They want privacy because they're they're scared of their own government,
3: yeah, and that's sad, and that's the reason for this amendment in the first place. You, do you know when the first gun laws began to be enacted i don't eighteen sixty five What happened in eighteen sixty five Civil war blacks gained their freedom, and you know what those laws were aimed at keeping guns out of the hands of blacks the first gun restrictions were that you couldn't own a gun unless your father or grandfather had owned a gun. And of course, your father and grandfather having been a slave wouldn't have owned a gun and so you couldn't own a gun. And therefore they would put the blacks back into chains by taking away any rights does. that were written oh on gosh. paper because if it's just on paper and they don't have the rights to defend it with force then they have no rights and that's how the jim crow laws got enacted that they still used that in um 1965 when they were preventing martin luther king from a concealed weapon permit right and That's yeah. that's the same fbi that wants to come and make sure they track your guns they're trying to pass laws now that credit card companies anytime there's a gun or ammunition purchase report it to the government they're they're taking away your rights guess what party it was that was doing that in 1865? It was a Democrat party. They haven't changed very much. They're still trying to take away your guns to put down your rights.
1: And I, I really like what you did there because you connected it. Gun restrictions or the, the restriction of a citizen to bear arms is tantamount to slavery. No matter who you are, what color skin you are, what religious background you have, the government's ability to restrict your use or possession of a firearm is tantamount to slavery. You have no ability to defend yourself against a tyrannical government.
2: You know, Ida B. Wells, you remember what she said about Winchester? Uh-uh. All right. A Winchester yeah. rifle should have a place of honor in every black home and it should be used for that protection, which the law refuses to give. 1892.
1: We've got to go. This is Life, Death, and Law. We'll talk to you next week.
0: If you have questions or want to know more about something that was discussed today, please call the law firm of Deason, Garner & Hanson at 928-783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com.
4: Hey you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner & Hanson has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com.